see trees of green Red roses too I see them bloom For me and you And I think to myself Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box, recorded in our beautiful Mesquite, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone of all ages. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, or find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, or on Facebook as Mesquite Fine Art Center, also on Facebook, the Art Box. Welcome to this episode of The Art Box. Linda Harris is with me today. How are you doing, Linda? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? It's pretty good. The weather's good. It's nice out. It's not 116 anymore. The snowbirds are coming back. Well, I don't know about how good that is, but yeah, I guess it's good. <laughs> They'll be in the art gallery buying our art. They will. They will. Well, I'm so excited today because we are talking to Debbie Lambin, who is going to be our artist-in-residence February 12th through the 17th. This is our second artist-in-residence that we've brought to the Mesquite Fine Arts Center. will be funded by the Nevada Arts Council and the National Endowment for the Arts. I'm really looking forward to this interview. Welcome, Debbie. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself all the way up there in Carson City? Hello there. How are you guys today? Raj. We're doing great here in Carson City. It's beautiful. Beautiful weather. Is it because you're way up there in the north? Is it snowing yet? No, it is not. Thank goodness. <laughs> in fact, we just yesterday went to Lake Tahoe, the beach, and it was really a nice sight. There were a lot of people that were walking their dogs, hiking. Of course, they weren't in bathing suits anymore. They were all in like warmer clothes, but it was really quite lovely. The water was warm which was lovely. I did go in with our little pugs. It was quite nice, but beautiful fall colors. And no, we don't want the snow yet. It's a little early, at least in my book, but yeah. Good, good. And Debbie, you're from the Midwest, Illinois, I believe. So you're used to snow. Were you an artist when you were in Illinois? You know, I've been an artist, I think all of my life. Um, when I was, I remember as a child, I love, love, love doing art, all kinds of art. And I just create things. I'd be in school and go home and try out what they gave me. But then I would always like create something else. I was always like an inventor, if you will. Um, So yes, I've I've done art all of my life. And then of course, when I had my family, that definitely flowed over into them. And I have, well, at least, well, three kids and they both love, they all love art, but my two uh, younger ones, my middle child, Rachel and John Henry, they love art. In fact, they came into the business with me. They do book art with me with time allowing because they're they're now both doctors so they don't really have the time anymore it's quite fun that's wonderful that you can do that together as a family did you take extra art classes in school or are you self-taught pretty well self-taught because in school i did take classes and a few years back well many years back we decided to homeschool our kids and to go 
to do homeschooling, we had to make sure that we were doing everything right. Local college had offered high school classes or college classes, but you would get high school credits. We decided to do that. Our work schedules, my husband and I each had a business. Work schedule was kind of busy. So we decided it would be a really good opportunity to homeschool them and signed them up for some classes at the college. And because they were so young, we didn't feel like they needed to be in a like a setting that were mostly adult. I signed up as well, and we had taken a couple classes together. What fun, I'm telling you, what fun it was to be in different classes and learning different techniques. And of course, that opened doors to doing different things. Yeah, I think a springboard is definitely classes help because it gives you ideas to do other things not just what they're teaching you. It makes your mind flow and learn about different techniques. And hmm, I'm going to try that. Maybe that'll work. In answer to your question, for my technique that is my art form right now is self-taught, which is book folding, book art, book sculpturing, recycled art. But I have had formal training also in different mediums like you know sculpting and painting and different things like that. Oh, wow. Did they lend themselves to your book art? Yes, absolutely. Because everything you learn from anybody, not just a class, but even people, you talk to people, you're always learning. It's why I've always told my kids, always talk to people. Don't just sit and let them talk. I mean, of course, let them talk let them tell you different things but you know add to it make it a conversation because you never know what you'll learn from them a lot of our art has been inspired by those conversations of trying to do something new something very very different Uh, you know and maybe those different ideas aren't the best I mean you know I know our first attempt we were approached by the Nevada Museum of Art, and they said, would you make some small items that we could sell in our shop or our gallery that would be like jewelry or something of that nature? And we did. They were great, but hmm, not the best. (laughs) You have to fall down in order to get up and do something even greater. That actually helped us to create something even more beautiful and more different. But if we didn't have that experience to try, we would have never, ever even thought of doing something like that. Because I think you get too close to something. And then you feel like you're just in a box and you can't really move out of that box. But when you talk to people and you have these conversations with them, it just formulates new ideas and new uh, new techniques to do something kind of special. Was it a, a year ago that you were in Las Vegas with your book art? And I believe you set up a, a special display. Would you like yes. to tell us about that a little bit? I would bit? love to tell you that. Of course, actually, I've been in Las Vegas quite a bit, and I've been very excited to be there. Primarily because, again, it's an extension of our art. People know about our art out here and they're familiar and, oh my gosh, you're that book artist. 
that's so cool. Or you see people actually making things and saying, oh, where did you learn that? Oh, I learned that from Debbie. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so exciting to learn that people are excited to share it with others. When I, if I could prequel this, I had met a gal, uh, Julie from Las Vegas. She is at the Clark County Library System through the Nevada Art Council. We had met through the BRX, which is the Basin Range Exchange. As we started talking, they would have, they wanted us to like group with people and do something rural and something urban. And of course, we were the rural at the time and she was the urban. The relationship could not have been better because Julie had these incredible ideas, like really, really outstanding where again you you dream of ideas like this and you never really get to fulfill it because you're like how how can i start this but julie has helped tremendously by sharing different art calls and different venues for us to share our art she's a library with books that people read and i am an artist Mm -hmm. that destroys books and makes (laughs) them into beautiful things i hope I've been very blessed that she she helped to do a a gallery setting over at the various different libraries in Clark County. We've been, we just took down that, and I want to say it was in July. And we've done a lot of things at the Wetlands Park in Henderson. And that was a super challenge to be able to take my book art, which is paper, which doesn't usually last in the weather, and make it last. I, it had to be up to six feet tall, and it wow. had to be weather withstanding for over a month. So that was a super challenge, but it worked. We did it. There were a lot of other people that did their work that was not out of paper, and they were just literally destroyed with the weather or with maybe vandalism or whatever, but ours, our two little girls that we built out of paper (laughs) lasted for two years. Again, that's that challenge. You get that challenge to have somebody say, can you do this? And you go, no, but you know what? I'm going to make it happen. You know, the challenge, talking to people, so important because you never know what you could, that they do it again for the third year. I'm grateful. (laughs) You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like fun. And, oh, and, I, it is. and that's art, right? That is art. And Steve, I hope that you'll be able to come join us when we when everybody learns how to do this wonderful art form. Um, I'll try, but Linda knows I'm not much of an artist. So. Oh, he is. Oh, that's what everybody <laughs> does. But I just, I, I just like to hang out. Oh, well, I'll tell you. Everybody... And, and dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, a lot of people say, no, 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 I'm not doing this. I'm not an artist. And I said, you know what? Then just come and watch. We just love the company. Love to talk to you, have you be part of our little circle, because when you do book art workshops, they're like a knitting circle. And for those that do knitting or quilting or whatever, they know what I'm talking about. It's a way to sit, relax, talk. Literally, those people that say, no, 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 I'm not that kind of a person. I don't I don't do that kind of art. The, some of their work is the most beautiful. And that has happened more than once. So um, don't say never. Like James Bond, don't do never. <laughs> hey, hey, Debbie, um, a, a couple of things I want to ask you, follow up what you just talked yep. about. One of the things you said is that you make books and 
they make books and you destroy books. And I know you've touched on it a little bit with us that you've been challenged about taking these books and building something out of them. Do you want to talk about that a second? So, um, well, Julie, uh, if I if I understand you correctly, Julie is a librarian and she uh, saves books and puts them on a shelf for people to read. Uh, whereas I am an artist and I will take a book that really is slated for destruction. It's, it's slated to be put into a giant bin. And what happens to those books is they, they take them to a facility and they shred them and they use them as landfill. Now, now not that that's bad. Okay. I mean, it's okay. We need mulch and we need things to plant and garden with. But if you have a cherished book, something like, let's say Hansel and Gretel, and it's something that you've loved for years, I don't think you want to destroy it. You don't want to put it in that landfill. I think it would be more fun to take that book and bring it to life through its pages within. Have it come out of, you know, out of your dusty library and have it perched on a shelf with the characters in it relating to some theme or or some story type that you remember out of it and that's kind of like what we do so for me as an artist i love doing that i love taking something that's basically ready to leave for good and saving it and trying to make it into something special so i mean not all books are going to be that way but a lot of them are a lot of them are very special and they they're saved anyhow just a thought you mentioned dreams. Do you ever dream about your art? And and, oh, and, yeah. and if you do, yeah. does it help you? Do you immediately get up and go create an art piece? You're funny because you know what? Yes, I do. In fact, I will lie nights just thinking about something and thinking like as an example, this one commission I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make it very, very special, something very unique because there's not a lot of book artists out there that I think are doing what I'm trying to do. So I'll be literally laying in bed thinking about it. And I have my phone next to my bed and I'll like, my husband will say the light comes on, <laughs> like, you know, cause the phone wakes up and I start writing my ideas or drawing out something. And that happens more than probably it should, but I do, I, I can't shut it off. Oh my <laughs> goodness. So I'm not the only one. So when I, when oh, I get no, up, no. when I get up in the middle of the night and grab the phone and send myself an email with an idea, I'm not uh -huh. weird. Exactly. That's exactly me. I, it's hard to shut off because you're so like wound up and you're, you're excited about something that you want to try. And that's what I feel a lot of times. I feel like I cannot shut down to be able to just get to bed. Wouldn't it be nice to just go to sleep and wake up with these wonderful thoughts? But nope, that doesn't happen. It's crazy. I, 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 I love it. Thank you for vindicating me. Yes, <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm glad. I'm glad I have someone out there too that does this silly stuff, right? Yeah, but when, it's when I used to have a flip phone, and I would be away, I would call my my work number and leave my ID on my work my work voicemail. <laughs> but oh, now I have a phone, so I can just text myself. There you go. And it does work. It's a nice little thing to have. 
because you're not really disturbing anybody. You're just kind of doing it for yourself. I think the only thing that might disturb anybody is the light that comes on when your phone wakes up saying, okay, what can I write down for you? You know? (laughs) I love it. I love it. Did you have a personal breakthrough or commercial breakthrough art piece you'd like to tell us about? I would love to tell you about that. I did. Actually, we've had a couple. I Probably our most largest one was the Art Town. Art Town 2019 is a, well, every year they have it. But in 2019, Art Town contacted us and asked us if we would please do their publicity poster for you know celebration of this huge event that they have every July every year design something for them we came up with a few ideas met with the staff they they loved it and we were we were kind of like in an awe we were like Rachel and I were wow our town this this is a false call they're not contacting us because it's that big it's that big of a event. It's huge. When we snapped into reality, we realized, yes, they really were contacting us. And yes, they really would like our work. And so we created this um, design, used a book. Well, if would you like to hear about the sculpture? Yes. Okay. We had taken a book that was from like uh, the 1950s, the uh, old atlas, very large atlas, probably about 24 inches large opened that up and created the mountain scene of Reno because basically our town is pretty much Reno, Northern Nevada. And the mountain scene had trees and rocks and things like that. And the mountain, we have a a very, I want to say a significant landmark. It's called Mount Rose. And it's basically the face of Rose. And there's a history with that too. So I made the mountain to look like Mount Rose. And then Rachel and I designed, we had a ballerina to signify dance, had a artist standing with a, with a easel painting. And of course that represented the different mediums of art that were presented at our town. And lastly was a uh, bass player. And that was resembling or signifying music and dance and things like that. They loved it. That was finished and they had done a huge photo shoot that we were invited to and that felt good because you just felt like you felt like a celebrity was so cool. They had like drinks and snacks for us and oh, what can we do for you? You're like, oh my goodness, this is so exciting. But to see the poster and to see it displayed everywhere and then to have been invited to different events to talk about the sculpture was really, really cool. It was really, really neat. I think that's when we finally realized that we were professional artists and that we actually made it to be those people. And it was really exciting. I think that was the first one. We had made others. Again, we were challenged to do different things out of the ordinary, large sculptures, whatever. Love, love, love the challenges. Love it when people ask us, to do something different. Now it's now basically it's me. Rachel's again. She's a she's a physician, so she doesn't really have the time. But 
the challenges of people asking you to do something is it's just kind of like a super high for me, if, if you will, because it's like, oh, I'm challenged to the position of doing something. That's quite exciting. And I would like to tell you about one more, if I may. Sure. We used to get this magazine. It's called Tahoe Quarterly. And when I come to the workshops, I'm going to bring all these publications for you guys to see. But beautiful, glossy, beautiful magazine all about Tahoe and Northern Nevada. We had the idea to make a sculpture using just their magazines. And they were going to do a spread on us, like a story about who we were, what we were doing, all that sort of thing. And we took, we designed it for a long, long time, but we had designed a sculpture out of, I think it was eight Tahoe Quarterly magazines. And let me tell you, they were very, very, very difficult to work with. The glossy thick pages are not something fun to work with when you're an artist. They just, they're, yeah, it's just really hard. <laughs> very hard to maneuver and tell what you wanted to do. But we made a sculpture of, Tahoe and all the things that were like special about going there and they had done a nice piece on us a beautiful beautiful I think eight page article about us and who we were and how we did this and and I think that was another turning point that we said okay I think we feel like we're artists I think we feel like we've we have made our presence known, and, and that's exciting. I think those are my two largest ones. There were others, of course, but those are my most memorable and very special times. I, I can hardly wait for her to get here. I can no, wait too. I can't wait. I can't I, wait to. I, I, I don't want. I don't. I don't want to wish my life away, but I can hardly <laughs> wait to see this. I can't believe that she can take books and make them into people. And animals, too, right? That's correct. Yeah, everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, animals, people, buildings, trees. Trees are probably my favorite. The nope. girls are, I call them girls. They're really like dolls. I don't know. Linda, you probably are familiar with those. The girls that I've made. In fact, I'm hoping one of the classes I have will teach people how to make that just a very rudimentary. And then they have... You know, we have, what is it, 12 years of doing this, so I don't expect anyone to be like us, but I'll certainly teach whatever I can to help them. But um, I think trees are probably my favorite. Trees and probably dolls are my favorite. I have seen your the girls that you've made and the ones that you put in the wetlands. They were yes. fantastic. And then I've seen one of your books with a ballerina coming up out of it. It's just amazing yes. to me. Thank um, you. I'm hearing, I'm fascinated because I have a background as a mathematics teacher. And I'm. you say the word challenge, but I'm hearing a lot of problem solving and, and how much you love to, to problem solve. Um, what do you do when you when you have to step back and think about how to how to handle a mistake or the critic in your head? You know, it's easy because I was in a sales background for years, and one of the classes I took, they said you need ten no's or mistakes before you'll get something positive as a yes. I had that philosophy in my head for a long time. When I make a mistake, I just you have to just understand it. And know that 
there's something brighter at the end of that tunnel that will be even better than what you even created. And I'll tell you, we have thrown away a lot of things. I know my daughter will get frustrated and say, I hate this. And I'm like, don't throw it away. It's great. I can make something out of it. No, I have to throw it away. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, well, then go ahead and make something better. It's okay. Like if you make a mistake, probably the best thing you could ever do is just walk away from it. But what's happening is your head is always thinking about what you've done. And you're thinking, how can I make that better? What did I do to, like, what happened? That girl does not look like a girl. She looks like an alien or whatever it may be. What did I do wrong? But you need that time to, like, regroup and figure out how to do it better. And you may not do it right away the first time. And that's okay. You just try it again. It'll get better and better. So it does honestly work. It really does. And it's actually really good when you make mistakes because it shows that you're human and it shows that not every idea is a great idea and that maybe that idea could have been something else. So you want to try again. So I don't mind mistakes at all. I think they actually, I think you learn a lot from those mistakes, but you just have to walk away. Probably like you as a as an artist too. You just have to kind of walk away. I agree. And, and sometimes you're tired, and you're like, I've been at this for so long, and why is it not coming together? Well, maybe because you're tired, or maybe you didn't have lunch, or or whatever. I mean, there are factors that play into it. So just enjoy it, deal with it. We need a so. reset sometimes, don't we? I know, notice whether it's a mathematical problem I've solved in the past or a piece of art. I, oftentimes I do have to walk away and do something else and then, then it'll hit me how to solve that problem. So It does, and sometimes don't you find that when you come back, not only do you have an answer for the one you're trying to figure out, but you have your... Your mind is filled with like, oh, yeah, what about this? I could do this. <gasps> I never thought to do this kind of project. So you just are filled with imagination and creation. And it's pretty cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, Linda, my son is a math major. Oh, he is? He my oldest son. Uh-huh. My oldest son, Aster, he has his degree in mathematics and history. So I just thought that was neat when I read about you. Oh, Sorry, that's I just cool. had it. That's wonderful. Is he uh, teaching now? He, or is well, he could. He absolutely could teach in a heartbeat, but his passion is that he's a pastor oh, and he okay. loves teaching. So his his idea is, I mean, he helps everybody. He, he's an incredible teacher in every way, but um, his love right now is just teaching uh, the word. That's, Very special. That's wonderful. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. Brighter than a lucky penny when you're near the rainbows disappears, dear. Debbie, you are going to be here from February 12th, the week of February 12th, and you'll have three workshops for the community that are free. And then you'll also be going to the high school on Friday. Could you tell us a little bit about your community workshops and what you'll be doing? 
my community workshops, uh, the only thing I, I ask of everybody is to just make sure they have a lot of fun and that when they leave my workshop, they'll have wonderful sculptures and different ideas that they'll be bringing with them and the ability to open up and teach somebody else. So pass, just pull it forward. One of the workshops, the first one on, I believe it's Tuesday, will be a basic series of different fold techniques. And for myself as a book artist and how I learned this was that with this focus is you, once you learn these folds, you can do anything. They're the basics of everything you do. If people can't make it to that first class, I do plan to teach that basic fold to everybody for those three days, as well as the high school. Because again, it's just the foundation of my art. And then we'll have, a, like I said, a series of folds for Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, we'll be making all kinds of flowers and different things, probably another sculpture. You'll be adding on to the sculptures you've made or the folds you've made from the day before. But you'll be doing a few other things. Uh, we were talking possibly about doing a birdhouse, different ideas. And then on Thursday, how we call it, putting it all together, um, everybody will bring their works that they've done and we'll be creating something special, finishing up the projects, uh, mounting them, making them presentable to be presented to others, just doing finishing touches, talking about futures talking about other ideas that you could do with art, answering questions. If people have ideas that they'd like to do, I'd be happy to share that with them and help them in every way. Yeah, just like a variety of the basics, but with a lot of twists, a lot of fun twists on there. It sounds wonderful. I'm going to sign up for all three. Well, good. I <laughs> want you to be That'll be great. I can't wait. Absolutely. Debbie, I'm, I'm getting that it would probably be best for someone to sign up for all three. But, you know, it but, really, but you're okay if they do onesies, twosies. Absolutely, because I know people's schedules, and I know I'm used to people literally walking in about an hour into a class, and I'm like, oh, no, i got to go back. But it's fun, actually, because what happens which you don't really realize it, but the people that are in the class are so excited with what they're doing. And when you have another student come in late or another day, you find that person saying, oh, I could help you. This is what we did, which makes it even more special, not only for me to feel that they're excited enough to teach another person, not necessarily just that, but that they have the excitement that they're liking what they're doing. They're enjoying it, and they want to help somebody else. Yeah, and that oh, means learn properly. So nice. Yeah, oh, oh, my gracious, we'll have plenty of budding Debbie Lambins yeah. in, in oh, the ski. Oh, I love it. Yes, and they will be teaching everybody. And then when it comes to another class, I hope that they'll say, well, maybe the original Debbie can come back and teach this. <laughs> and then I'll have all these little helpers, which would be terrific. That would be terrific. Yeah. Now, you, you've done us other art with recyclable products other than books, haven't you? Yes, I have. In fact, I've uh, plastics was a big one 
well, you know what it is about plastic. And one thing Julie and I had talked about is we wanted to do a sculpture display. And I've done them before, but I haven't done it in Vegas. Wanted to do something. You know, have you? I'm sure you've heard of Shahuli, the yes. artist. That, oh, yes. Beautiful, beautiful artist. So we were trying to take plastic bottles and having everybody color them in various ways and cut the bottles and hang them up to look like, like in a shahuli effect. And then take like heat to burn the edges so it looks like it's a rippled look. So it doesn't look like a plastic bottle, but it looks like, how'd you do that? That's kind of cool, you know? Yes. I've done a lot of different things with plastics, uh, aluminum cans, cutting them into making just a well, I guess it would be three-dimensional art because they'd be on a wall. A 7-Up can is great for the grass. Cut it in a way so it looks like grass blowing. You use the colors of the can to represent what you're trying to achieve as art. I am really into recycled art. We have way too much trash on our planet. I know as one person, I'm not going to be the person to say I'm the crusader to change the world, but I figure if I could teach enough people about recycling, that maybe it's that ripple effect and like art, like book art, they'll, they'll teach somebody about it. And just through the years, people will learn how to kind of do something with our trash, do something better and make it beautiful. Absolutely. Now, you have a website where people can look at your work and you even have a store on your website, correct? Store is being... And putting new items on it so that's that will hopefully be up by the end of the year without any issues our website for our artwork in the store would be my thousand words plural.com and that shows a lot of the sculptures we've done for various organizations not-for-profits our town is on there tahoe quarterly different things like that are on there and then my teaching site is lambinartsarts.com, and that shows different workshops coming up. In fact, I'd love to get a brochure or a flyer when you finish doing it, Linda, that I could post on there and sure. um, let people know that we're here teaching and we want to teach as much as we can. Like I said, teaching is really important to me because it's spreading the word and it's that ripple effect of people helping other people. I'm going to repeat the name of your website again, mythousandwords.com. So Debbie, what what started you doing book art? Well, thank you for asking. Um Really what happened is that when my kids were being homeschooled by myself and we were at the college, um, I was taking classes with them. And one of the classes that was required for my daughter, Rachel, and son, John Henry, was a book that I didn't think anybody should ever sell back to the bookstore or ever have and it was a very derogatory not a fun book to ever have anybody read again so 
we were thinking, my husband said, well, we could take it to the shooting range and shoot it, our copy, um, or we could create something out of it. So I just started kind of folding it up so nobody would have the ability to ever read it. That's what I did. And I just started doing that. And as an artist, my daughter and I were in an art show. And this first design I made was a great business card holder. So I started putting business cards in it. And she said, you know, mom, it would be cute to put like a little thinker guy on there. So she put on like a little sculpture she had made out of clay and put it on there and just it was just a simple little figure and it sat there and this one man came up to me and said how much for that sculpture I say no no it's just like we put our cards in it. it's not a big deal no 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 I want to buy it no no it's really nothing you know we're, it's just for our business cards and it's a book and he's like I don't care I really want to buy it so like I said it was ridiculous so we said hundred dollars said that's all <laughs> and like okay maybe there's something to this so we literally started like we got orders after he bought that piece because what had happened is he had said he wanted it and then we kind of like ignored him we thought maybe he was just maybe he was just being nice because he was a really nice guy that we knew for a few years and he called where's my sculpture so finally we delivered mm -hmm. it he paid us and then he started getting orders. He said, so-and-so wants one, so-and-so wants one. We were making them, but each one was a little bit different. And then our philosophy, of course, was that nothing should be the same. It has to be one of a kind. So um, that's how we started our, that's really how we started our business. Now, my son will say, mom, don't tell that story. That sounds horrible, but it's the truth. <laughs> We did have another episode where somebody had a book that they were in love with and they were upset because it was falling apart. And so we took it home and we started putting like supports in it to make it feel better or to look better. So what if we create something out of this? This was like right after we had folded that other book. And so we propped it up and we made the story come to life and actually it was Hansel and Gretel. And that's on exhibit right now in Las Vegas for their literary big show that's coming up. And we made that. And it, it was very special because it was taking a cherished book of somebody's that they loved, loved, loved. And then they told us what they liked out of that story or what they remember the most out of that story. And so we created that for them. And they were just over the moon. So he says, Mom, use that story. I like that story better. It's happier. <laughs> so please use whichever one you'd like. Those are our two stories of how it got started. We'll, we'll probably use both. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just don't yeah. let your son listen to the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Well, he's going to be like, Mom. Mom. I know, I know, and he just said, "Mom, it's just so negative." And I, but the book was negative. You guys would not like it at all. It was just a horrible, horrible book. Of and course, I, of course. Then what happened is you sold a bunch of those. You had to buy a bunch yeah. of those negative books. It became a <laughs> uh, bestseller and was number one on the New York Times. Oh goodness, no, no. I, but that's a good thought. Yeah, you have a point there. Then he <laughs> would be pulling his hair out. 
<laughs> oh gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah. No, I hope that book is finally off shelves and hidden far away. It was not a nice book. So Debbie, do you have anything left to prove? Anything left to prove? You know, good question. Well, I've proved that I can be an artist and be very happy at it. Proving, I think there's always going to be proving. I mean, that's who I am. I, I was always like that with my dad. I had to prove and show him that I could do things. He'd give me a challenge and I'd, I'd do it and I'd surpass that challenge. I will always, I think, be proving to the people that like my art that maybe don't like the art. And so I have to prove to them to show them what you can do with it and make it special. So, yeah, I think I will always be proving. Yep, I do. I truly do. Because there's a lot to give. I'm, I'm not done. There's things that I'd like to incorporate with books. I've incorporated acrylics and um, cellular painting with them to make them look really, really cool. I've tried resin on them, doing different art forms from taking the basics of a book and then making it into even more. Yeah, I think I'll always be proving. I don't think I'll ever stop. Proving and learning and growing, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because it's the people that are skeptical and saying you can't do this. Oh my goodness. I love it, love it, love it when people say you can't do something or no, 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 that cannot be done. Well, guess what? I love that challenge. And you could ask my husband, he just laughed so hard. He said, you cannot stop me, you cannot stop Debbie because you should never say never. I mean, like I said, there's so much to learn in this world. You can't just stop at learning one thing and being satisfied. I think that's how things get to be better and better when you keep learning and doing more. Debbie, last question. Yeah. What's inspired you this week? What's inspired me this week? Well, the uh, weather, <laughs> the beauty of Lake Tahoe, going to the lake and seeing all the people and getting ideas of what to build next time for my art, just ideas. What has inspired me is literally, I know you may think this is silly, but thinking about coming to Mesquite. And I shared with Linda, I had another idea to do with everybody because I've been inspired to teach what I can and all that I can. I'm getting excited with the aspiration of coming there and meeting everybody and designing and learning and everything. I think that's what's inspired me. Of course, my family, my two little pugs that travel with us and make us our lives very special and happy. Our two kids that are, one's a physician, OBGYN in Riverside, and son is finishing up his last year, and he's going to be a trauma surgeon. Wow. And, of course, my son, who is a pastor with our two beautiful little granddaughters, my great husband. I mean, how can you, how can you go wrong with that? It's a pretty fulfilled that, life. It sounds so I'm inspired like every day. But that's, I think, what inspired me. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, we, we are so looking forward to you blessing us here in, uh, at our little art gallery in Mesquite. We are. Can hardly wait till you get here, Debbie. I cannot wait. I am so excited. And 
just the the talking to Linda about everything and just getting excited and rewriting my plan to teach and add a little bit more in excitement and hope that I might become a regular and maybe one day I can come back again and do another form of some kind. But I'm very excited, very excited to meet all you and learn all that I can from you guys. Well, Debbie, thanks so much for spending an hour with us today. Thank, Thank you. you. It's been an hour. Wow. <laughs> that went fast. That was exciting. Thank you. All right. You have a wonderful day. You too. Take care. And we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Debbie. Um, great interview, huh? I can hardly wait. I know I've said this eight times during, the, but I can hardly wait for Debbie to get here. This is going to be fun. Something different. It was a great interview, and I'm very excited. Can can hardly wait as well. Um, she's just full of energy. She is. Yes. Can I ask the question? What's inspired you this week? Or can I say what I know has inspired you this week? What? Well, happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yes, my husband and I have been together for about 52 years. Wow. So we've had a great, we've been celebrating all week. What's inspired me this week is that I, after a year of working on our calendric feature in um, Lincoln County, which is a clock, a prehistoric clock, I gave the, uh, I gave the presentation at the Three Corners Conference. And it went over well, and people were excited. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about it in another episode. But it's been an exciting weekend. That does sound exciting. Yes. Okay. Well, Linda, thanks again. Thank you, Steve. Okay. Bye. That's it for the Art Box. Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert, the Art Box sponsors thank you for listening. To find our next and past podcasts, find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, where all accompanying images and links are available on the Art Box page. Questions, comments, opinions, and concerns can be sent to artboxvv at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of its hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Virgin Valley Artists Association. <laughs>